Hi friend, let's be honest. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and full. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, maybe you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real. Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. In truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. Yay! I'm so glad you're listening today. For those who have been following along with this series, and as an aside, I totally recommend that you do, Mm -hmm. um, you know that we have been working through a series on ish, identity, and impetus, and how those concepts relate to finding something real in relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to know more about the series or access a free study guide that follows along with what we've been talking about, you can visit my website at www.janellewood.com. Today, we are talking about identity. In other words, in what ways does identity change when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Who are we really? And today, I am super excited to be talking with one of my very, very special friends, She is one of the most passionate, energetic people I know. She is a mother, grandmother, health and fitness guru, and (laughs) a major cheerleader of others. She is a prayer warrior, and friends, I don't use that term loosely. This woman prays. And honestly, from my perspective, the most beautiful thing about her is her deep love for Christ And as her friend for the last five years, maybe six years now, um, I've seen it permeate every aspect of her life. This is my special friend, Kim Juarez. Kim, welcome. Ah, thank you. Wow, that introduction made me tear up. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, Kim, when you and I first met, I wasn't sure we could be friends. (laughs) Yeah, that's true because it's kind of like we're talking a little bit about identity. And, um, you know, I was the air quote superintendent's wife and your husband was a uh, assistant principal. And so you were just like something, what was it like? Oh, no, like that. And I went, oh, don't you own me. <laughs> it's called just like rip off that label and just let's get to know each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd been going to this Bible study. We had just moved to a new town. Um, my husband, as you mentioned, he was a, a new assistant principal at a high school. Um, I felt pretty insecure and I'd found this little Bible study that was kind of mine <laughs> and in walks this perky, beautiful, blonde woman all put together. And uh, turns out she's my husband's boss's boss's wife. Right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, no, <laughs> this is my safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you quickly disarmed my insecurity by telling me who you were mm-hmm. and then later by being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, by any chance, do you remember how you described yourself that day we met? Oh, I I don't remember that. I just know that I told you, oh, don't you oh no me. Um, <laughs> but but I don't I don't remember how I describe myself. 
Um, so I remember. How was it? How did you, I? You said, uh, maybe after the Oh No Me, um, <laughs> you said you were radical. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which which nowadays that word has mixed connotations in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked it up and it's a word that means far reaching or thorough. Mm-hmm. Um, thorough means not superficial or partial. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kim, that's how I see you. Your faith isn't a surface thing. You're yeah. all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that become who you are? Wow. You know, I... Uh, I, I was, I've been reflecting on that, you know, I'm a grandma now and have three grandkids. So I'm of, of that age where I reflect back. <laughs> and uh, what I realize is, you know, growing up in the family I grew up in, which was very abusive and a lot of alcohol, a lot of violence. And, but one of the things that stands out to me and the Lord's just really been bringing this back to my mind is, is um, I was raised Lutheran and my mom made me go to confirmation classes as I rolled my eyes and didn't want to do it. And yet I did it. And it was by God's orchestration and design that I did it. And I remember just learning the word of God and just in the fellowship hall that was cold and dark, but my heart on the inside was just warm and just with the, with the warmth of his love and the, the, um, he was pouring in a, a foundation under me that I had no idea what I would, that I would need such a foundation throughout the rest of my life. And uh, he started building on that. And so that's, I think that's when I really started um, recognizing that there was something different um, in me and that that was Jesus Christ. And so since then, it's been a, a great adventure. <laughs> so there's a lot of people who profess to, to follow Christ, um, but those things from their past, they keep tripping them up. Um, I know the word of God, you know, says that we're loved, that we're chosen, that we're, um, you know, God's handiwork. And sometimes we grow up in home environments where that is not the message we get at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you talk a little bit about that? Because for someone listening who has grown up hearing the exact opposite of love, how do you get rid of that, that replay in your head? Well, so that is a journey also. And that's also a journey of the Lord bringing him, um, you know, bringing me to himself. And, you know, every time it seemed like every time I walked away from him, I would trip up. I was my own savior. I was making my own way. And every time I made my own way, I tripped up. And every time I tripped up, it was like he was right there to help me up. And so I would turn towards him again. So it's that it's that pursuit and his faithfulness in that. And it's 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 about a journey. And um, it is about, you know, being in the word of God. It is about the pursuit of Christ, no matter what, Um when there's all these different things to to ease the pain or to numb out or to shove the pain or des- or you know just stuff it down it's like the lord is constantly there uh offering himself and and also he's placed people on my path which is a huge prayer of mine because i know just like what you're saying there's many people out there who have grown up in adverse situations and have been abandoned and rejected and they have just been wandering. And yet I pray that they would find the Lord's hand reaching to them and that they would 
choose to walk with him as I did after several years of turning away from him and saying, no, it's, it's you, Jesus, and I'm, I'm going to follow you. And it's not in a religious uh, way, a religious rigidity way, like to be really rigid. It's a fluid way. It's a, it's a way of building relationship, like when we build rela- our intimate relationships with others. It's like building an inter- intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and finding out that he is the most faithful, he is the most loyal, he is the most loving he is the most powerful person in my life. And so that I would just, that's what I would say. I'm like, when you called me that little cheerleader, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, and I believe that's why God's called me to the, to the uh, ministry of intercession. It's like, because it's not my power, it's his power. And he's made me such a lover of people. And I, I feel what people feel sometime and I know it's not me that that helps people it's him but yet I offer him as a vessel to fill to provide whatever they need encouragement or or love or just just whatever whatever he wants and a lot of times you know encouragement's a pretty big deal and you know when you get a phone call from somebody that's saying how you doing you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. ask yourself how many people call you and just say how you doing or how how many people send you snail mail anymore or even a text message to say how you doing well that when the lord does that with me it's orchestrated by him and people will will know that 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 was kind of a special thing not because kim did it but because of who orchestrated kim to do it But does sometimes encouraging people mean talking about the things that you've overcome, the lies that you've overcome? Yeah, you know, exactly. That is, um, I remember a couple years ago, I worked with, with teenagers and I was doing a youth rally and I was a speaker and um, I was up there and I was talking about being real. You know, I was talking about getting real and because that's what the Lord is asking all of us to do is just get real, get real with our pain, get real with him, get real with our coping mechanisms, whatever. And and I realized I stopped in the middle of describing giving a little bit of my testimony and I stopped and I was so struck by the fact that that's not even me anymore. I don't even know who I'm talking. I don't even know who I'm talking about anymore. I get excited when I'm able to um, be able to share with others um, what I've, what I've gone through, what the Lord has got me through and what I've overcome because he says we're more than victorious in him. And so uh, St. Francis of Assisi has a quote that I absolutely love. And it says, preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. And I change it up a little bit. I always say, preach the gospel at all times. And if I get to, I use words. And so, yes, I'm very willing to be vulnerable because I do know that we live in a world that there's a lot of artificial stuff out there and people are looking for the authentic. They want to know that they're not alone and they want to know that some there's somebody there to walk with them and a cheer them on. And so, yeah, bring it on. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> so from the outside, you obviously are a very beautiful, accomplished woman um, who, who looks like she has it all together. Um, but I also know that you've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering for the girl who's listening, who is going through a lot, 
Mm. Um, who is in that place of, you know what, I want to trust Jesus. I want to get over my ish. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, how do you even do that when you believe lies? Like I'm not enough. Um, I'm, I'm worthless. Um, I, I hate my body or I hate myself or I hate choices that I've made. Um, I know you can speak to all of that. So I'm just wondering what kind of encouragement you would give to that girl if she's the one who's listening on the other side. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would do is say, I was that girl and I am praying for you. And just um, the journey is the journey. The best step of your journey is taking the first step and saying yes to Jesus And it's a constant commitment to say yes to Jesus. And um, because he's committed to you, he's committed to you. He died on the cross for you. Um, He he gave up his life for you and he did it for you. And he's a real person and he was alive and he did get beatings and he did die and he did rise and he now lives inside of Janelle and inside of me. And, and, um, he's reaching out to you. He's reaching out to you. And, and it's not just a a fairy tale thing. It's a, it's a proven fact that there, you know, there was eyewitnesses and Roman historians and Jewish historians wrote about him. And so he's so worth, he's so worth saying yes to. And, and that fear of, oh man, if I let go of all these things that I feel about myself, how am I going to be able to live? Because these things are so who I am. They're so air quotes normal. And I want to hear, I want to say right now, I want to say they're not normal. I want to say they're they're of a person who's who's called the enemy that's trying to destroy you, trying to tear you down. And Jesus is there to build you up and he wants to build you up. And I know that you describe the word lies and that's exactly what happens. It's like we have so many thoughts that come in and bombard us about our fa- about our bodies and about our looks and about this and about that. And then we add on social media where we get to see everybody air quotes per- perfect life, right? Well, that's not, that's not true. It's just an illusion. And so I just, the, th- the biggest thing that I could say that, that spoke so many, vo- so much volume to me was, um, think about what you're thinking about. And if you, if you have hate about yourself, or if you have things that are coming against you that are not good, I would, um, just challenge people to get with someone who's life-giving. And one of the books that I read that that revolutionized my life was um, Battlefield the Mind by Joyce Meyer. Because when you grow up learning things about yourself, and our culture teaches us things about ourselves, our culture is very much telling us what we should think about ourselves, even by what they try to market us, what movies we should go see. They, they really are trying to form you. And it's like the Lord made you and he wants to form you. And so that's what I've learned so much. It's think about what you're thinking about. And when there's a nasty negative thing that comes in, it's our pastor says, flip the script and just say, you know, if I, I hate my body, it's like, no, the Lord made my body. My body is good enough. And I know that there's many, many people who are have this secret dialogue going on. And it needs to come to the forefront. 
and you need to say no to those negative things. And I pray for you too, because I was that girl. So when you, you mentioned that there's still hard days, um, when you're having a hard day, Kim, what are some practical things that you do to kind of combat those lies? You mentioned flipping the script. Um, I also mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that you are a prayer warrior. Um, how do you combat that in prayer or in, in your own mind? Yeah. What do you do? So I, um, I, I have a, a daily quiet time and um, I let the or- Lord orchestrate that time. And I, I journal and I open my Bible up and I have devotionals. But a lot of the time the Lord leads me to scripture because that's because remember in the fellowship hall where my mom made me go when I was a teenager, (laughs) um, the Lord really laid that foundation under me and that's the word of God. And then he just, he has taught me and led me how to pray the word of God as the perfect prayer because it's his word to us, which is living and active. And then it's a perfect prayer back to him. And so I journal, I journal um, prayers, I journal, um, I pour out my heart to the Lord in my journal and in my quiet time. Um, Yeah, it's just that intimate relationship. And like I said earlier, it's you take the first step because he's drawing you and it's just like building that relationship with you. And but our part is to is to take that step and keep taking that step. And so, um, yeah, and Janelle, I mean, you know, I mean, I may look like I have it all together, which I always have because I was that performer in the alcoholic home. I was a cheerleader and all that stuff. But yet that's what my personality is that the Lord made me. That's who he made me. And um, and so but to, you know, see to be able to be with a trusted friend um, mm-hmm. who is going to allow you to be real and raw and love you right through that. And, um, you know, that's what started with the Lord. And then the Lord has given me amazing people along my life where I am free to be that because then once you get out those feelings and struggles and meet them with the Lord, then you are able to move forward and move on with your life, knowing that you've overcome that and, you're, you're growing stronger, you know, growing stronger in him. And, yeah. um, yeah. Well, and something too, uh, I mean, definitely when I think of you, I think of you being a cheerleader for others. And I mean, I can't tell the listeners how many times I've gotten a text from Kim just saying, Hey, I'm praying for you. You've been on my mind lately, or how can I pray for you? Or this scripture came to mind. Do you feel like that has been part of the therapy really has it been part of the journey that to look not just within yourself and within what God's doing in your life, but to see around you how you can encourage others. Is that part of the process? Oh, absolutely. You know, like I said, I was a cheerleader in high school, you know, but it the cheerleader is not just the outward thing that you do. It's the inward thing that God made me. I mean, he put that in me. And so that my greatest joy is to just, hear the Lord nudge me to call somebody or send them a text or an email or an inspirational song or scripture or whatever. Um, and they just, they just feel so loved and validated because Mm -hmm. of that. And, and it is a part of the therapy because I didn't believe I was valuable. You know, I started therapy, 
Um, when I was 33 years old, I started in adult children of alcoholics and then went and learned all kinds of stuff about codependent, depending on others to make me happy and to, to tell me who I was because I surely did not know. And then sending me uh, to a psychologist who happened to be a Christian, but just to understand that, like we talked about earlier, thinking about what you're thinking about, you know, just to help me understand why I thought the way I thought about myself and, um, and then moving on into the healing prayer and to take a little bit step back to what you asked me earlier about what, what are some of those things I do to overcome. One of the greatest things I learned was to repent for believing lies about myself, you know, to, to come to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I repent for believing the lie, that for communicating with the lie and connecting with them. Cause people, you know, that's what we do with those thoughts that come into my, our heads and we're like, Oh yeah, that's true. And Oh yeah, that's really me. And it's not, it's not. So we, I need to stop connecting with those lies and communicating with those lies. And once I repent that, it breaks the power of those lies. And then Jesus, I can hear what Jesus says about me. And then out of that, out of that healed part of Kim, then I can go and I can be an encouragement to other people, knowing that I have nothing to get gained by doing it and everything to give. And then I stand back and I just watch the Lord move. And I just, and then I cheer for him. I'm just like, thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of that in that wonderful person's life. Mm, that's so good. Um, do you have a favorite Bible verse that you'd be willing to share something that maybe has impacted your life or helped you in your journey towards truth and your identity? Yeah. So I was thinking about this one and then another one popped into my head. So years ago, while I was trying to be my own savior, remember I said that, mm -hmm. um, I had an, I had eating disorders, you know, I had bulimia and I had anorexia and I was full blown, you know, it was like when I was in my twenties and, um, I just, I, it, I was being ravaged by them and I was exercising an hour and a half a day and running and I was basically killing myself, but I didn't know mm -hmm. that. And so um, the Lord moved my husband and I 90 miles north of Spokane with our young daughter. And as we were driving up there, I thought, what the heck are you doing? Where am I going? And it was a divine appointment because I had walked away from the Lord and I wasn't asking him to help me with this eating disorder. I was saying, I got it. It. I could do it myself. I could do it myself. So I went up to Ione, Washington. My husband was a basketball coach and teacher, and I was home alone with my daughter. No more Nordstrom, no more exercise class, no more, no more running myself into the ground. And the Lord gave me the scripture when he healed me. He healed me, no counselor, nothing. And it was, um, it almost makes me cry. So I hope I can get through this. I haven't read this for a long time, but it's Matthew 9, starting at verse 20. And uh, it's about it's about the woman who had the issue with blood for 12 years. She was she had this issue with bleeding and she couldn't be around anybody. And and she just was shunned by everybody. And and when you have an eating disorder, you feel isolated and alone. And you're every, you're, the secret is yours, but really the Lord knows that secret. And so I felt like I was so alone. And and um, so she she thought, you know, Jesus was walking around and and all these people were pressing on him. And she just thought if I could just touch the hem of his garment and she got on her face and crawled to him and reached out in desperation and touched his hem and he stopped and he said, 
who touched me, you know? And they're like, oh, there's so many people who touched you. And he turned and he looked at her and he said, woman, your faith has made you well. And I feel like I was that woman, you know, down there on the ground, so desperate, crying out for help, but feeling like I could do it on my own. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to reach the ham. And I touched him and he noticed me, you know, he noticed Mm -hmm. me and he healed me. And so that's one of my, one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite ones that that's a, he took me up 90 miles north of Spokane and took everything away from me so that I could be still and know that he was God and that he could take away why I was doing what I was doing. And then that started a lot of the healing of getting the emotions out because bulimia is a good girl suicide and I was the good girl. And, um, and mm-hmm. so it's like the feelings had to come out, but they had to shove down, you know what I mean? And so so that was beautiful that he did that. And I have been able to share that with others too. But, but also one of the thing, one of the scriptures that rocked my world when I was in counseling, um, years ago, my, my psychologist, we, you know, we dealt, dealt with the psychology stuff and he was a Christian and he just said to me, you know, people like you, you know, have grown up in the family I grew up in and, and I wasn't wanted. My mom had me at 16 and 17 you know, um, my, my dad left and married a stepdad who told me I wasn't wanted and my, and he hurt me. And so it was like, okay, I wasn't wanted. So I'm dealing with all these things. And then my psychologist, Dr. Steven Yonker, amazing man, uh, of God, he said, uh, people, oh, I'm going to, that got emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> people like you can't read Psalms 139. And I said, oh yes, I can. And so I opened the Bible that he handed me And I started reading for, it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that very well. And that I couldn't read it. I couldn't read it because of the truth of the word of God. It's living and active. And I did not believe that about myself. I did not believe it. And so when I, when my unbelief and the, his challenge met the word of God, it was, it was a powerful moment for me. And that's, that's the truth that I now declare out my mouth because it's a truth now that I believe that I was created for a purpose, that I was made, I wasn't an accident and he, and, and he has a purpose and a plan and um, I'm meant to be. And, and I'm meant to be his vessel. And so I give myself to him every day because that revelation, when you didn't have it and then you have it, it's like, I just want to serve you now. I just want to help others that feel that way, know who they are in you, Christ. So. Amen. So the Finding Something Real podcast is about finding redemption or restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love when we are pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. Of those things that we can find in Jesus, redemption or restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, what stands out to you the most at this point in your life and why? I, uh, redemption is a huge shouting. The Lord just shouts and says, I have redeemed your life. Hmm. And He's redeemed every bad choice I've made, He's redeemed every stumble, every pitfall, every confusion, every lie, every self-defeating behavior, which is what bulimia and anorexia and exercising myself to death is. And also, 
I, at 21 years old, was extremely lost and extremely confused, and I destroyed a life. And I destroyed a life because I believed the lie when I was 21 years old and I had walked away from the Lord that I didn't want anyone to end up like me and to feel like me and that I'm not wanted. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring a person, a, a child into the world feeling like that. But bottom line is that I didn't have enough faith in Jesus that he could help me raise this child, that he could work all things out and all things together. But, but that's because I had very shallow faith and I'm going to go back to it again. I was trying to be my savior. I was trying to be my own savior. And so as the Lord has been walking me through that and talking to me about it and, and having some pretty miraculous supernatural things happen as he's told me how much he has forgiven me for that. And so he wasn't, you know, I'm, I wasn't feeling condemned. I was feeling convicted. And so as I've walked this journey out and Janelle, I, I confessed that to her in a car one time going to holy yoga class. And I, <laughs> I remember looking at her going, why did I just tell you that? You know, well, he just, I, I told her that because the Lord know, knew what kind of special friends we would be. And, and so anyway, I know that redemption the Lord has now been just showing me, and I've worked in ministries that where, where I see that abortion, taking a life, has destroyed lives. And people are reeling because of the decision. And I get to be in a ministry of love and acceptance. And I get to be the arms and I get to be the person who prays and Jesus comes in and shows his redemptive power in the lives of men and women. And, and I think that's, that's like what pops out to me so much is that he is a God of redemption. He never gives up. He's always in the in the midst of redeeming something that we have made a mess out of. And that I applaud him for. And even as I'm talking about it, I, I just feel so passionate because I was deceived by the enemy, like I said earlier. And there's a lot of people out there deceived into believing that this is about me. This is about my rights. And it's really about a life, but it's about the life of the one who takes a life too, because I, I suffered a lot because of that choice. But that particular word, redemption, has come powerfully in this experience that I've walked in and walked out of and walked through with Jesus. And now I'm on the other side and I'm, I'm saying, where do I get to go love people? Hmm. Where do I get to go? Well, Kim, I just love um, that you shared that because I feel like somebody listening might um, have gone through some similar experience or um, is struggling with some of the same things. And um, it's impossible to be around you and not feel loved and um, encouraged. And so I just appreciate you being vulnerable and being willing to share um, even those difficult things that you've been through. Um, but yeah, when I was thinking about identity and doing this part of the series for the podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of because when I think of identity and redemption, I think of you. And so... Um, Thank you for being on here today. Thank you for being amazing and for 
um, being obedient to the Lord. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for asking me and, and just allowing me to, uh, to just talk about, talk about Jesus. And even as you were saying that as, um, about the identity, it's funny because I'm very visual. And when I pray, I see pictures and you're talking about identity. And it's like, every time we get on a plane, we go to vote or, or anything we do, um, we have to show our identity, you know, can I see your identity? And, and uh, my identity in Christ, it's not something that people ask for all the time, but it's, it's an opportunity to preach the word or preach the gospel at all times. And if I get to <laughs> use words. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. We'll Thank talk you, uh, next time. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real. Per usual, you can also follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. Every Thursday around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I try to jump on there and host an Instagram live where we recap the week's episode, talk with friends and answer any questions that might come up. So feel free to join me on there. And of course, you can also sign up for the free study guide that goes along with this current series by heading over to my website at www.janellewood.com. Remember friends, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.